Podcast. This show is all about helping lawn care and landscape professionals take your business to the next level. Get ready to ride along on our fall road tour powered by Toro, Jobber, Lawn Entrepreneur Academy, and Ballard Products. We are traveling the Midwest, talking with green industry leaders, discovering best practices and practical strategies to maximize profits. And now, here's your hosts, Paul Jamison and Naylor Taliaferro. Hey, fam, welcome back to the Green Industry Podcast. We are on our fall road tour out here in lovely Missouri. I'm having a great time here. I'm in Poplar Bluff, first time ever here, and uh, very impressed. Some good quality people around here. I'm with uh, Cameron Duncan of Grassmaster and also with Drake from B&W. He is the equipment dealer for Cameron's business and many others here in the area. So we're going to dive deeper into our conversation. We had uh, Drake and Cameron on the show yesterday and uh, we're going to learn more about your business and uh, how we can uh, take our businesses to the next level. So looking forward to chatting with Cameron and Dre coming right up on the Green Industry Podcast. Ballard Innovative Products is a full line of gear for the lawn and landscape professional. From mower gear, safety gear, trailer racks, equipment securement, equipment servicing tools, aerators, mower blades, and much more to make you efficient, effective, safe, and profitable in the field. Be sure to check out the Catch Pro Aluminum Bagger and the Ballard Blades and X-Blade combination to dominate this fall. With over 20 years of selling accessories and 30 years in the business, we're sure we've got something you can't live without. Use coupon code FALLTOUR at ballard com to save 10% off anything on the website during the month of October. That's ballard-inc.com, promo code FALLTOUR, and the link will be in the show description. Hey friends, Paul here, and we want to give a shout out to our sponsor, Jobber. From the quote request to the moment you are paid, Jobber brings everything together to make the entire job and customer experience seamless. One of my favorite features of Jobber is the ability to store my customer's card on file. Jobber makes it easy to get paid through their invoicing and online payments. To get started, just head over to getjobber.com to start your free 14-day trial. Thank you to Jobber, Law Entrepreneur Academy, Ballard Products, and Toro for sponsoring the Green Industry Podcast 2020 Fall Road Tour. All right, we're here with Cameron and Drake at BW here in Poplar Bluff, Missouri. Good to have you guys on the Green Industry Podcast today. I appreciate it, Paul. Thanks yep. a lot. And we're going to dive deeper into your story, Cameron, what you've learned over 18 years. And uh, Drake, why we have you here, I know you're busy working. We got customers coming in and out. I don't want you to miss on a sale. But what are things that guys should consider? Because 
let me preface it with this. I was meeting with Troy Clogg. He's been in the industry for 40 years. He has one of the largest companies in Michigan. And what he told me, I asked him, how have you been so successful? And he said, you want to make sure your team has the efficient equipment to get things done. There's nothing more frustrating for an employee than pulls out the weed whip and it won't crank up or, you know, something, the the belt breaks on the mower. Just, you know, stupid stuff like that. We want to make sure that our team, they have the tools to get the job done. And that's going to put them in a better mood and it's going to, you know, increase efficiency. So as guys are scraping money together and they're looking to buy new equipment, what are things they need to consider? The biggest things they need to consider is research. Um, look up what you're buying. You don't want to go buy. I mean, everybody out there makes a, makes a good mower, obviously, or they wouldn't sell it, but there's brands that are more top of the line that have been in the industry a lot longer that have better specs. They know what they're doing because they've done it for a long time. Basically, like Cameron going and checking out a yard, he knows more about it than a guy that started for the first time. Uh, research is a big thing, but also another big thing is dealer support. When you're buying a mower, you want to go to a dealer that's going to bend over backwards from you. Cameron's been down a few times and he pulled in. I dropped what I was doing, got him taken care of because if he's not making money, then he's not making a living. I'm not making money. I help all my guys out the best I can. But another thing is, is everybody that walks in that door, I basically, we treat everybody like family around here. Mm -hmm. And that's one of the biggest things. And the biggest thing when you're when you're buying a lawnmower it doesn't really matter the brand. I mean, like I said, there's brands that are better than others, but it's who's going to take care of you. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. It, all my commercial guys, if they have a problem, their top priority. Anybody that's bought a mower from me knows. I mean, if I have it for more than a day or two, and this is going to sound crazy, but if I have it more than a day or two, it's because I had to order parts for it or something. Mm-hmm. I like to make sure my customers are always taken care of, and by taking care of my customers and forming that good relationship with them, then. I always know they're going to come back to me. So, yeah, that's a blessing, man. In Atlanta, and there, there's some great um, places in Atlanta, but there's just so many people. I mean, you drop something off, it's like 10 weeks to two, you know, 10 days, pardon me, 10 days to two weeks. And uh, to have a, a day or two turnaround or to be Cameron and to pull in and to get fixed up and back out if you don't need a part, I mean, that's awesome, man. I, I live in a city where there's a million people in my backyard. So you, you, you don't understand what a blessing that is to have your relationship and to have that uh, quick turnaround. But like you said, no matter if you live in a major market like Atlanta or Poplar Bluff, which is out here in, in the cornfields of Missouri, right outside of them, dealer support is everything. Major market, you know, smaller market dealer support, that that's huge. Yep. What, what are some numbers for guys that's like going from you know, maybe, um, their, their business is growing and they need to get into a commercial mower. What kind of horsepower, what kind of specs is kind of that borderline? Maybe they don't have the budget to go and get the biggest and the best, mm-hmm. but they want to make that increase. What's kind of some thresholds to consider when you got a tight budget? When you're on a tight budget, um, really a lot of mowers out there nowadays with the design of the deck, some decks don't need as much horsepower as other decks. Mm-hmm. Um, I can tell you, actually, the mower Cameron's sitting on right there is an entry-level commercial mower. It's got 3,200 hydro gears, which is the first line of commercial. It's got a 26-and-a-half horse uh, commercial engine on it. Um, Kawasaki makes a great engine. It's a 23-horse. And on these on some of these newer decks, I mean, 23-horse, I know a lot of guys are always looking for that horsepower, but if you're mm-hmm. keeping everything maintained and you're not cutting overgrown grass, I mean... 23 and a half up really is, is a good line to start around. What happens to the mower when you do mow that wet grass or that overgrown grass and you're, you're kind of 
pushing it a little too far. When you're pushing it too far, I mean, everything's getting hot. The belt's, the belt's overworking. You're, you're slipping the belt. The spindles bearings are getting hotter. You're putting a lot of stress on that engine. And I mean, the, the unit's just not going to last as long. Uh, you're going to, eventually you're going to wear out spindle bearings. You're, you're going to wear out your, your deck belt and just a lot more things are going to so, so on those crazy lawns, um, great Chisholm was joking. He's like, you're, you're obliged. You hear him say that you're a block and a half out and <laughs> right. then, you know, nope, that's the one <laughs> you drive, you <laughs> you show up, it's a forest. Do you just recommend start the first cut super high and then just start inching your way down? Cause guys get anxious and they just go for it. Is that the best way to do it? If you are facing a the best way to do it, if you are facing that, uh, I know a couple guys in some smaller yards actually, uh, that I've seen, they've actually trimmed them before but that's kind of crazy with the with a the trimmer they've knocked it down and then uh, mowed just to over get it, it to where you just to get it. it to where they could cut it <laughs> really it just depends uh i would suggest cutting it as high as you can if it's wet i mean if you have time let it dry out a little bit and go over it again or even a third time so but if it's dry i mean just cut it down high and just kind of work your way down from there okay and then on the the days where it rains all day the day before and, and you're facing wet turf do you call it? Do you wait till the afternoon? You just go for it. What What's the wise um, move in regards to the longevity of our equipment? Equipment nowadays, most everything has sealed bearings. Um, but you know as well as I do, water and moisture always finds its way in there. Um, I truly believe, and I've seen it actually working on stuff before, those guys that are always cutting the wettest grass possible, it seems like theirs are always the ones that are getting worked on. Um, so I suggest just my opinion. I, I mean, I know a lot of guys can't help it. They, they got to make their money and they got to get it done because they're on a tight schedule. But if you can wait for it to dry out a little bit, it, it is easier on your equipment for sure. looks a little better too. Yeah, yeah. definitely looks better. Absolutely. We've all, we've all been there. You know, Greg was just sharing on the show. He was like, Hey, you got 26 to go. And the one lady was yelling at him. She's like, why are you cutting in the rain? And he just quit on the spot. Right. I quit. <laughs> and then, then uh, she called him back and said, come back, Greg. <laughs> so, Oh, uh, I'm talking about Greg Chisholm. He was, he started making these YouTube videos back in the day uh, for lawn care. And uh, we, me and Naylor had a chance to go interview him. It was pretty uh, historic, honestly, it was, yeah. a, it was a big treat. So back to your story, Cameron, um, 18 plus years in this industry. What, what have you learned, man? Man, I've learned, uh, how to do it right. And how to not, you know, I've learned how to do it right. And I've learned how to, you know, stay away from those customers that are not going to make you money. Yeah. We got guys literally message me, firefighters, paramedics, school teachers. Uh, you know, Brian's been helping a lawyer. There's all kind of people who are, are aiming at spring of 2021 getting into this full time. And then we got a lot of guys in their first, second year. So there's so many people that they, they're not really hearing what we're saying. What, what are you, what are you noticing when you're vetting now 18 years, you, your discernment is sharp. Like, you know, you can smell it. When a customer's, uh, we call them a pita, pain in the butt. But you can tell this isn't going to be profitable or she's going to be a headache or he's, uh, you know. What are those kind of indicators where your red flags go up that I don't want to service this person? Well, first thing, like you mentioned earlier, if you go to the property and you notice that, you know, that grass is going to be growing really good all year long and you say, hey, it's going to be $50 a cut. And they look at you and say, uh, is that every week? 
and you're like, yeah, that's every week. You know, from the get go, you know, you're probably dealing with the customer that just want it, just wants it knocked down, you know, every couple of weeks or maybe even three weeks. So that's somebody you definitely want to stay away from. Um, you know, would you give them a high quote for the biweekly or you just won't, won't do service that customer? It just depends if the grass is, you know, if I'm able to get out there, able to knock the grass down, make it look good is the main thing. Because when you see other people driving by those properties and we're out there mowing and it doesn't look good, yep. that's going to be a reflection on your business, on the work that you do. So if we can make it look good, then we'll take on the job, but raise the price. But if there's, you know, if they're just wanting to knock down maybe every three or four weeks just to keep from uh, the city calling them and, and uh, you know, them getting a ticket for the grass being too tall, uh, we're going to pass on those for sure. Yeah, and I'll piggyback off of that. In the neighborhood that I work in, they have the HOA police. I, I work in a very nice neighborhood, Drake, in Atlanta. I, I service the head coach of the Atlanta Falcons, the captain Atlanta Falcons. I got high-profile clients, and um, the head coach now because – Dan Quinn got fired. And so my customer was a defensive coordinator and just got promoted nice. as head coach. Does that mean so. you get a pay, pay increase? No, but oh, okay. it, I, it just sounds cool. <laughs> you know, the head coach of the Atlanta Falcons is my, you know, my customer. But um, in this neighborhood, the HOA police will drive around. And so they'll give out a 30-day warning if your garden beds don't have enough mulch or pine straw. We use a lot of that as well. They'll give you a warning. Hey, if you don't spruce this up, you're going to get a fine. And they do it for the grass if there's too much weeds in the grass. I mean, it's, they try to make the neighborhood immaculate. And uh, I ran a stop sign one time and got a, there's these hidden cameras and they sent a $400 fine. Like they don't play around. They actually, because my license plate is connected to my customer. You have to go through a gate and give them your driver's license. So my customer emailed me and said, hey, Paul. And they sent me the video. They're like, next time, remember to stop. And we got a $400 ticket and oh, they wow. paid it for me. Oh, wow. 400 bucks. My customer paid it for me. I was like, I don't know how to thank you. Um, and I watched the video and I didn't even slow it. I just went right through that thing. It was my last yard of the day. And um, I didn't think, and there was no one coming, you know, it's in a neighborhood and I'm looking, no one's coming. So I just, I didn't even, not, not the way to do it. And I'm sitting there like, you know, I got no defense, you know. You're ready, so, you were ready to cut that grass and make that cash, man. I, and last one of the day, you guys know what I'm saying. <laughs> oh, you're, yeah. you're ready to you're ready to go home. So let me. I was I was making a point when I get a phone call with someone that got the 30 day notification. I'm not doing it. Yeah, because sure. they waited to the last minute and they're like, "Hey, Paul, you know, I we need to get this spru spruced up. I know they're a bad customer because they're only getting the service because they let it go. I like the customer that wants it looking pristine. That that it, it gets on their nerves if they look out the window and everything's overgrown. Like, so I think we're on the same page that if you work for the customer that wants the bare minimum, it makes us look bad because then the neighbor drives by or the people in the community are like, "Oh, there's Grassmaster at that forest." You don't want that. You want them to be like, ooh, you know, Coach Morris's yard is looking fresh, you know. Who does your yard? Absolutely. Paul, you know, so. Yeah, that's it, Paul. You know, I had a lady, that same lady that moved from uh, Wyoming, or no, mm -hmm. it was Wisconsin, Wisconsin to here to Missouri. You know, she was saying, hey, I want you to take care of this lawn like it was your lawn, you mm -hmm. know, and that's the kind of customers you want. Exactly. You know, those customers want it looking nice. They want it, you know, the leaves cleaned up. 
maybe they have some flower beds that, you know, have weeds growing in them. They want those pulled. They want some mulch laid down. You know, just make the property look nice. And that's the kind of customers you want to find. And, you know, it takes a long time to find those customers, especially around here. I know where you're at, you can find those customers pretty easy, it sounds like. But around here, to find those customers, it's uh, it takes a while. Well, it's a lot two, of work. It's two different playing fields. Out here, you, you don't have the volume of those customers, but you got less competition. In Atlanta, it's cutthroat. There's there's a landscape open trailer and enclosed trailer and truck on every corner. I mean, there, there's competition, competition. I'm sure, I know you have competition here, but it's like everyone has a landscaping company in Atlanta. So there's, there's pros and cons to that, but you've been doing this for 18 years. I get asked all the time. I know Brian in Michigan gets asked all the time as we got these, it's, it's crazy, Drake. We have, there's two podcasts in our industry right now, the green industry podcast and the Fullerton unfiltered podcast that's in the top 100 in the business entrepreneurship category. So this is, these are the other shows are about marketing and business in general there's so much um, attention on lawn care and landscaping that there's two podcasts in the top 100. It just It blows my mind. I think it blows Brian's mind and our, our producer's mind. But the reason I say that is we're getting all this influx of guys saying, hey, I want to start this, but I got a wife, I got kids. Do you really think I can quit my job and make a living doing this? And so you have, uh, what's your family? Wife, kids? Yeah, yeah. So okay. I have a wife and a little girl. Okay. So yeah. So what I want to get to coming up is for 18 years now, you've been able to sustain yourself financially by cutting that grass and making that cash. So I want you to share how it's possible and what to make sure to do to um, do it successfully. So we'll dive into that coming right up. Hey, Paul, funny story about the success of the podcast you were just mentioning. I had shown Martha, my wife, some of the analytics, just sort of bragging on, on how well the shows were doing. So she, in turn, goes around to all of her friends and starts bragging that her husband's involved in a couple of uh, grass podcasts out on the Internet that are doing real well. So we're now getting phone calls. We're getting visits to the house, knocks on the door, the doorbell ringing with people wanting to, to meet the grass guy. And I don't think that means what they think it means. Hey, more of our podcast, The Green Industry Podcast, coming up in just a moment. From start to finish, Toro has you covered with an all-new professional lineup. Check out the Z-Master 4000 zero-turn mower, equipped with Horizon 360. There's also a new Z-Master 2000, grandstand multi-force attachments for every season, and a new 21-inch, 60-volt, heavy-duty walk mower. For more information, go to toro.com slash professional. Toro.com slash professional. For those of you guys interested in breaking into the snow removal game, this one's for you. Now available exclusively at thelawntrepreneuracademy.com. We've got you covered with the How to Get Started Plowing Snow training program. This powerful resource is there to help you guys learn the basics to plowing snow, what to charge, major pitfalls and mistakes to avoid, and so much more. Hands down, one of the most anticipated and helpful training programs we have available. We'll get you up to speed on how to crush it with your snow removal business in no time. Check out the training program today at LawnTrepreneurAcademy.com. Because before you know it, we'll be out there plowing that snow and making that dough. You can always change your name. The Green Industry Podcast Fall Road Tour continues. Once again, Paul Jameson and Naylor Taliaferro. All right, guys, we're back here in Poplar Bluff with Drake and Cameron. 
I get asked all the time, you know, Paul, I, I, I'm, I'm getting that boat close to the dock. I want to quit my job. I want to do my lawn care company full time. I'm just nervous because I got little kids and I got a wife and I need to hit a home run here. I need to make sure I have you know, food on the table and money. And I want to have investments in a retirement and like, you know, I don't know, can it work financially? And so there are four out of five small businesses that fail the first five years. Most people won't make it because uh, they do a lot of small things wrong, but we have a classic example today of someone who's done it for almost two decades has money in the bank, food on the table, a marriage, a daughter. So tell us how you've done it and that it can be done. Well, I tell you what, Paul, um, you know, starting out, I was just a college kid wanting to make a little money, wanting to uh, wanting to buy a house mm-hmm. and wanting to uh, buy a truck. Mm-hmm. So if I could do those two things, you know, I'd be doing pretty good. But, you know, as life goes on and you get married, you have kids, you know, those responsibilities add up. And if you're not putting, you know, food on the table, then something's got to change. So I learned real quick, um, you know, when I first started out trying to be intentional, you know, when I first started out, I wasn't very intentional. I was just trying to make a few dollars. And then, you know, as I tried to make more money or needed to make more money, I had to be more intentional. I had to write some goals down and I had to figure out exactly how much money I needed to make, you know, every single month in order to pull it off. So did you write down my house payment, my truck payment, my gas, food, like how deep did you go into, did you figure out your expenses first and then kind of have that as the standard of the bar or did you reverse engineer that or where'd you come up with that number? Man, I got to make this per month to survive. Yeah, sure. So, you know, as I progressed, um, it wasn't that big of a deal. It was kind of like, okay, let's just figure out what my expenses are right now. We got to make sure we pay for those. And then, um, you know, later on in the business, I tried to figure out, you know, what do I, what type of lifestyle do I want to have? You know, how much money do I want in the bank? So once you figured out all those other things, then you have to figure out, you you know, kind of got to work backwards. Mm-hmm. You know, if I need to make X amount per month, what does that look like? Mm. You know, break it down to every week, break it down to every day. And then, you know, exactly how much money you need to make every single day. Mm. And then you can break it down to how much do I need to make per hour? Mm. And then once you know that you got a good base, you got a good, um, you know, goal to, to look forward to achieving every single day. So if you can hit that goal every single day and that turns into every single week and that turns into every single month before you know it, at the end of the year, you're, uh, you're financially stable. You're, you're able to take care of your family, you're able to put some money back, save some money and then, uh, you know, invest in better equipment. Yeah. Drake, what have you noticed just because you sell to residential homeowners and then you sell to us, you know, who are doing this to make a living. What have you kind of noticed about the companies that have come and gone that have made it that have gone out of business, kind of the financial side of things? What's your observation as someone who's, you know, on the other end of this industry? A lot of times what guys are doing, this is what I've seen just in the last few years is they'll go buy It'd be their first year. They'll go buy the most fancy equipment that they can buy. They'll go buy two mowers for $14,000 a piece. They'll buy all the highest tech stuff, and then they'll go out there and try to make it. And a lot of times those guys don't realize they they don't have the properties that they need. Um, they're not making enough money to pay for their equipment. And those are the guys that, that kind of filter out as, as guys like Cameron started off with one mower and worked his way up. I mean, that's, that's what they need to look forward to instead of just going out there and be like, Oh, look at that Ferris there. You know, that, that thing's nice. I got to have two of those. Uh, basically you're going to have to go out there. You're going to have to see how much money you're making. And then you're going to have to know that's what my payment's going to be. 
I need to at least make that. And then you got to progress yourself from there. So, yeah, I think that's so important. And to share my story a little bit, I started off, I didn't even have a truck. I was renting a Honda Accord and I didn't have equipment. My buddy let me borrow his. So I had, you know, I'd put the weed eater in the passenger side diagonal back to the, you know, so it'd run like that and it'd stick out the window a little bit to fit in there. And I didn't even have a backpack blower. I was using a little handheld blower and my buddy thankfully let me borrow that equipment. But what I did is I went out there and scraped and clawed and I was undercharging. So it took me a lot longer than it should have. But then I was able to scrape together, you know, 350 bucks and go out and buy in cash, you know, a weed eater. And that thing, man, like I'm, it was when you say it's like my baby, like there's something when you sweat and scrape and claw to purchase something versus the guy that just comes in here with no sense of debt and just, ah, give me two of them. Give me some of that. Now you got $40,000, $50,000 and no customers. And it's so much different when you got to scrape and claw. Okay. Now I got to weed it, man. I want to get a, I want to get my first uh, backpack blower. I remember when I bought a brand new uh, still BR 600 in, in cash. You know, I scraped together 500 bucks or whatever it was. And I remember going in there, you know, and $500. I mean, that you gotta understand and at that time, that was like so much money. And I went in there and I bought that thing. And I mean, you know, it, it was, it was something different. And, and I just scraped and clawed, scraped and clawed, scraped and clawed. And now I do, you know, I just told you the head coach of the Atlanta Falcons, the captain of the Atlanta Falcons. And I got, you know, success, but the guy that went, and I did it through hard work, save, hard work, save, hard work, save, hard work, save, hard work, save. And I work harder than, I guarantee you, I work harder than the guy that's got the shiny new equipment because he doesn't know how to hustle. He just thinks it's like the guy that buys the treadmill or the woman that buys a treadmill and they put it under their bed. They think, oh, I bought the treadmill. You know, they're still, you know, <laughs> they need to get on that treadmill. You know what I mean? So there's something different when you, you, you just use what you got and and you save up and then when you buy it man you just you're so much more appreciative of it and you use it you take care of it so i've seen a lot of guys do that man they go out and they spend so much money buying all this stuff and they don't have any marketing structures they don't have any customers and it flops and it's sad because it happens way too often and another big thing that they do is everybody finances everything yeah save up i mean some people can't save up if you can but you don't have to have the the most high tech fanciest equipment out there. Save up, buy you something. That's get what I did, and work it, your it, way exactly. Through it. And don't compare yourself because okay, the two shows in the top one hundred I mentioned, Brian Fullerton and myself. If you actually know our stories, we both have very very humble beginnings. Okay, I was in the the raggedy nineteen ninety nine Honda Accord with painted a you know the paint job on it was ridiculous, and I got my weed eater angled through the car. And, uh, you know, a little, I think it was like a Murray push mower thing wasn't even self-propelled. Okay. It was miserable out there. My, <laughs> my first spring. And you don't see that now you see us in the shiny showroom, but that's the reality. That's how I started. Brian started with his raggedy setup that, you know, you see his fancy truck and trailer. Now he didn't start with that. Cameron didn't start with a gigantic box truck and uh, he started with the GMC SUV. Yeah, so little SUV. don't look at Instagram, you know, just like the girl's fake you look at her picture and you have no idea the reality of her life. It's the same in the lawn care community. Oh man, look at that trailer and that truck and that equipment. And you don't realize that that guy is $50,000 in debt and he's, you know, wondering what he's going to do to um, pay the next payment. And his wife's throwing a frying pan at him because they're broke, you know? 
So absolutely. I think that's one of the problems, one of the big problems with social media. You know, you see all these fancy trucks, fancy setups, the new equipment, the new trucks, and you don't see all the hard work that's went, you know, went in it. Right. And I, I love fancy equipment. I love efficiency is everything. I love the, I mean, I get to go, you know, I'm going to Toro's headquarters in Bloomington, Minnesota um, next week. And, you know, Cameron and I, we've been to Echo and I've been to Kohler Engines headquarters. And I love the best of the best equipment, but there's a difference between the companies that actually acquire it, it's paid off and it's making them money versus the guy that goes and gets all the shiny toys and he's deep in debt and his business isn't working. So I'm, I don't want anyone to think I love the most efficient, durable equipment, but it's a, obtaining it with money that you actually have and it's making you money. It's just not a shiny picture on Instagram, but it's producing revenue and profit. So you got, you got, it's better to have the jobs lined up. Me and you have more work than we know. I mean, we're saying no, I'm sure you are as well. We're turning down work. Whereas the guy that buy, comes in here and buys all that stuff, he doesn't even have a full schedule yet. Like we're, we're having conversations, guys who've been in the industry a while, like, man, I probably should drop that guy. And I should probably add this one versus the guy that doesn't even have Monday through Friday maxed out yet. And he's buying all this stuff. It makes me so frustrated, but <laughs> kind of going at it backwards. Yep. Yeah. Absolutely. Work hard, save, work hard, save, work hard, save, and take care of your stuff. Cause uh, yeah. those guys don't take care of it is it, when you get it, it's cheap. You get it, uh, you get it up front. You don't even realize you, they don't take care of it the way I take care of my stuff now. Cause I remember those days of buying everything for the first time brand new. And that's kind of what I did. You know, I started out slow and I bought those two Toro mowers. Mm -hmm. I have, uh, I have about 3,000 hours on those Toro mowers <laughs> wow. each. So I have about 10,000 hours racked up on three wow. mowers. But, you know, over the years, just slowly phase one out, buy another one. And, you know, don't try to just jump in and, like you said, buy two new pieces of brand new equipment if you don't have the work. Yeah. When is the right time to, to make the upgrades? If you're financially stable and your business has, you know, consistent revenue, what are your guys' opinions? What, what, what do you, when is a good time to upgrade? Well, I think with that equipment, you know, you have to uh, be efficient. So when it starts costing you more money, I think it's time to look for an upgrade. And that's kind of what I did with the Toro mowers. You know, they got 2,000, 2,500 hours. And at that point, you kind of use them as a backup because mm -hmm. uh, we mow a lot of grass here. And I, I put about 600 hours on a mower, you know, every season. Mm -hmm. So those hours can rack up pretty quick. Yeah, what do you, I'm, I know I'm asking the salesman when you should buy equipment, but <laughs> all the time. <laughs> um, really, kind of as Cameron said, once you start putting more money into it, then and basically, uh, say you're you're putting new spindles on it, you're you're putting new engines on it. I mean, that stuff adds up quick, mm -hmm. especially when you bring it in and have someone do it, like myself. Uh, Really, once you everything start, because it seems like every time when a piece of equipment's wore out, one thing goes out, the next week something goes out, the next week something goes out. And really, I think that's probably the time you should start looking into into new equipment. Just yeah. when everything just kind of starts fading out and you're, you're putting more money into it than you should. Because a lot of people, uh, just from what I've seen back here, I've got people that's got 20-year-old craftsman riders and they put more money into it than you could sell the thing for if it was in top condition. Yeah. And... I mean, you can, if you're going to put even, I think 25% of what it would cost you for a new one, I mean, you're, you buy a new piece of equipment, it's got warranty. The warranty really pays for itself when you're, when you get into that point of stance there. 
So Yeah, but the main thing is that the equipment's not collecting dust and it's not just shining on Instagram, but it's out in the field. It's producing revenue at the right price, producing money. So we got to make sure we honor um, Cameron and Drake's time. Drake's stepping away from his duties here just to honor our audience and serve us with, you know, sharing his perspective. And Cameron's got his two employees waiting on me to, to leave town so they can get back to making that money. So give us some uh, closing, you know, perspectives of what you want to share with the audience New Zealand, Australia, Canada, Europe, all across the United States. We got lawn, you know, lawn bros listening. What what do you think is some good things to consider to make sure your business is booming, Cameron? Well, I tell you what, Paul. Um, no pressure. <laughs> no pressure. No, 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 not at all. But, uh, you know, I think it comes down to being intentional. And mm. I think, you know, with you and your podcast, I can tell just the way you present yourself, just the way you talk to guys, that you're mm. very intentional on what you want to accomplish with mm-hmm. the podcast. Mm-hmm. And I think the same goes for, you know, a lawn care landscaping business. If you're looking, you know, maybe you're that part-time guy, you're wanting to step out, you're wanting to do it full-time, just be intentional on in what you do. If you're going to go out and do it, you know, don't go just, you know, halfway. you got to be all in. Go out there and, uh, you know, try to try to grow the business. And the same thing if you're full-time, you know, wanting to grow that business, I think you should be intentional and you should just go out there and try to, uh, try to do the best you can, you know? Absolutely. Be intentional. Drake, what are your thoughts for the, the guys listening? They're just getting into this. All the guys that are getting into this and listening, maintenance goes a long ways. Uh, you spend a lot less time taking care of your equipment, uh, making sure the oil's changed, making sure everything's in tip top, tip top shape than as if you would, if you're more sitting in the shop. So I think that's a big thing is maintenance, uh, to make sure you guys are, are making money and, and less downtime. Absolutely. So that's the word from Poplar Bluff, Missouri. Be intentional and, you know, be intentional with your maintenance. So we really appreciate you guys taking time out of your full schedule to be on the Green Industry Podcast. We say thank you to Toro and uh, Jobber, Launchpreneur Academy and Ballard Products for sponsoring this, giving Naylor and I the opportunity to travel around here and um, Naylor had to go back home and, and, and run his work today. I have a co-host on this tour, Drake. Cameron, you're familiar with Naylor. And uh, so anyway, he's flying back uh, to Arkansas. I'm driving to Arkansas now. He's flying there and, and he's going to rejoin me at Blake Hawthorne's for our next interview. So it's been a lot of fun um, getting to travel around and, and see the different shops, see the different pieces of equipment and hearing the guy's stories because, you know, we have a warm season turf, you have cooler season turf and we have different prices. We have, there's so many different elements in this industry. And so I'm just thankful to get to do this podcast. I know it's helping a lot of people and I'm having a blast doing it. So thanks for taking time and, and, and losing out a little revenue this morning to serve our audience. I appreciate that Cameron and uh, Drake, thanks for taking time when you could be here working to um, share your perspective. So on behalf of of the green industry podcast listeners, thank you guys for uh, taking your time to join us today. Yeah, thanks for having us. Cool. Well, where can they find you on Instagram and YouTube? And and if they're in the Missouri area, tell us where you guys are located. Cameron, how can they connect on social media? Uh, If you want to check me out on social media, go to Call Grassmaster on Instagram. And then if you want to check out the YouTube channel, it is The Lawn Care Life in Missouri. Okay. And then if you guys want to find me, you can find me on Facebook. It's uh, B&W Appliance and Lawnmower. And then uh, we're here at 381 East Side Road here in Popper Bluff, Missouri. And people come all the way from Arkansas. People drive four and a half hours to buy more from me. Four and a half hours. How far? About four and a half hours, I think, Blake's. Dang. 
I thought I had like a two-hour drive. <laughs> Maybe not. I'm not great at geography. Marty, you know that. Hey, we'll kick it back to Mr. Producer back in the ATL. Yeah, that's true. Paul's, uh, is horrible too strong of a word to use? He's not very good at geography. I would say this. If Jimmy Kimmel ever sticks a mic in his face while doing one of those man-on-the-street interviews, yeah, that segment's going to make it onto the show and probably uh, won't be too flattering. The other day here in the studio, I was asking Paul to show me on a map where Uzbekistan was, and uh, he had no idea, and I said, okay, Kyrgyzstan? Kazakhstan is almost as if he had never heard of any of the stand countries. Yeah, he can find B-dubs and Cracker Barrel, but yeah, you guys do know there's more on YouTube than just videos about how to lay stripes while mowing, right? All right, that's my rant for the day. I think Martha mixed my meds up. I will try and do better tomorrow. You have been listening to the Green Industry Podcast. Thanks again to Ballard Products, Entrepreneur Academy, Jobber, and Toro for powering our Midwest Fall Tour. Support our sponsors and check out their products as we have provided the links in today's show notes. And remember, use the promo code FALLTOUR when checking out at ballard-inc.com to save 10% and use the promo code PODCAST for 10% off at launtrepreneuracademy.com. And of course, don't forget to smash that subscribe button to stay up to date with future episodes as the tour rolls on.